Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to Synchronicity Web TV. I am your host, Nadia Shaw, and this is your moment of synchronicity. Well, I'm so excited to celebrate with you today, my friend, Maria De Simone. Now, Maria and I actually started off kind of around the same time on YouTube. I remember going way back in the day, seeing her, and she just had her stuff together. Like, first of all, she was brilliant. She was beautiful. She was insightful. But then just like from a tech perspective, her camera was better, her background was better and everything. And she, in her own way, encouraged me and inspired me to like up my game and to do better as well. And so it's just an amazing thing now to see this amazing person here with me today and I get a chance to work with them. It just feels like such a, a full circle moment. And you're about to see why I think she's so incredible. Now, Maria is actually going to be part of Synchronicity University. She is part of the March 2023 speaker series. And for just a couple of weeks left, you can choose your tuition rate as always just $5 a class, an unheard of rate to learn from Maria Simone and others as well. And she's going to be talking about prediction. She's going to be giving us techniques and everything, honoring the tradition of astrology, talking about prediction. Maria, welcome. Thank you for being here. Nadia, thank you so much for having me, for letting me connect with your audience. And I just want everybody who watches you and loves you and adores you to know that truly Nadia in person is even more inspiring and nurturing and loving and beautiful, then I know she comes across through the screen with all of that. But I was just so impressed when we met uh, back in 2019 when I watched one of your lectures. And at the very end of your lecture, you were giving out gifts to all of the people in the audience. You, you had a box of little gifts and you were like, pick one, pick one. And I said, oh, this woman, not only is she full of wisdom, full of grace, but just so, such a beautiful person. So thank you for letting me connect with you and your audience. I'm truly excited and honored. Well, I'm so grateful that you're here. And, you know, I'll add that you as well, like, I don't know, I just feel like a lot of generous energy from you. And I think it's because both of us have our moon in Sagittarius. I know on my channel, I talk about my moon in Sagittarius all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Because I really, really do live it. It's my chart ruler and everything. But yeah, you mm -hmm. share that with me. So I think that that part of you that is also generous and expansive and philosophical, like you bring that here to this moment as well. So we connect on that level. We are Sag Moon Sisters. It's amazing. It's amazing. Here we are as YouTube astrologers. So Maria, I know you're coming to Synchronicity University once again, you guys. Got just a couple of weeks left to choose your tuition rate. We've got an incredible March 2023 speaker series. And I know you're going to be talking about prediction and predictive astrology and cycles. So tell me about why you are interested in exploring predictive techniques. Okay, so I love predictive astrology and I have from the beginning. Even though I consider myself a counseling astrologer, so I implement lots of counseling techniques, just like many modern Western astrologers do, I have always included predictive techniques with my clients and in my, in my practice. And what I love the most about predictive astrology is that when you study these cycles, 
we can really objectively see what is in front of us, whether it is going to be an amazing golden time in our life, whether we're in for a bit of a crisis, whether it's just going to be a regular year ahead where, you know, nothing crazy happens because I do believe in accepting what we're seeing. There is the, I'm just as positive as the next person out there. Uh, but there is a certain part of me that understands that you do have to accept what is faded and what we're meant to experience in this journey. And so it helps you to accept what is in front of you, helps to empower you to deal with things and to really use your energy as consciously as possible to maximize those great cycles and to mitigate some of the difficulty that could happen when you are going through times of crisis and stress. So a lot of astrologers, uh, not, not every astrologer likes predictive astrology. And there, and that is absolutely okay. This, uh, this is going to be a presentation for astrology students or professional astrologers who really do want to integrate predictive astrology into their practice, but might feel overwhelmed because it is overwhelming if you don't have a structure to it. And, and predictive astrology is really OG astrology. That is That was the root of astrological purpose from thousands of years ago. And what most people don't realize is that it's truly only in the past 200 plus years or so that astrology became this deeply psychological technique. And it's so valid and valuable, but we have this rich tradition of predictive astrology that spans back to its roots. And so I want to kind of demystify it for you and help you see that it is accessible. And as long as you have a certain skill set as an astrologer or an astrology student, you're going to get there. I love how you explained that. It is so true. This idea of astrology being psychological is a very recent phenomenon. And before then, the idea of astrology and spirituality as well, like uh, the sense of, I mean, I'm thinking about esoteric astrology that started really taking off with um, uh, with Alan Leo. And that had to do with, you know, what was happening around the time of the discovery of Neptune and the spiritual experience that people were craving. But yeah, it's it's actually a very recent phenomenon, even though you do see in going a little bit back when we look at some of, for example, the Arab astrologers, we see how they're saying, hey, if you've got this in your chart, you might be prone to anger. So make sure you're doing something to calm yourself, right? We do see that. But yeah, for the most part, it was, hey, you've got this transit coming, you've got to be mindful that you could lose all your money or this or that, right? Like, that, I mean, that's one way that it was uh, experienced as well. So it's such an important part of our tradition that sometimes I think, I don't know, is it our defensiveness that makes us feel like we shouldn't embrace it as much? Or like, why do you think it is that some astrologers are maybe... I mean, I think some astrologers like to use astrology to be aware of yourself and aware of your choices, but even that has an element of fate to it as well. What do you think about that that contrast that exists even within astrology right now where you use it as a tool to be more aware, and yet some cycles 
they're, they're telling you which way the energy is going. Yeah, there are a lot of ways that could manifest, but it's like, this is the work you're meant to do right now, you know? So how do you manage that contrast between the psychological and the, the literal predictive uh, ways in which to approach a chart? That's a fabulous question. And, and I think you have to blend both. And to answer your first question, I think the reason why many astrologers shy away from predictive astrology is because partly they don't want the responsibility of another person's life future in their hands. Because we as astrologers have a certain, whether we like it or not, uh, I don't want to say power. What's a better word than power? Uh, presence and, and influence in the lives of our clients. And when we say something, whether we like it or not, it can be taken almost as gospel. And a lot of astrologers don't want that responsibility of, well, I planted this seed into the head of my client that, oh, the next year of their life might be absolutely miserable and they may suffer heartbreak or lose their house to a fire or whatever the prediction is. And, and that's understandable. And so the, the, um, so many astrologers just avoid prediction for that reason. I think that a lot of astrologers avoid it though, again, going back to the, the skill of it, the management of it, and the way to present it. Because there is a very compassionate way to give our clients predictive advice and analysis. And so that's where you're blending this technique. Because if you have a strong background in counseling, whether formal or informal, if you have any uh, experience working with people and talking to people, then you're going to be more graceful in your delivery, I think. So um, so I think it's fear, uh, partly. It's, people don't want the responsibility. Uh, I think it is that um, not having the skill. And then I think another reason why, and, and I'm speaking for other astrologers, so please chime in. But I think another reason why astrologers might shy away from predictive work is because once we say something, our ego self can get attached to what we said. And we are worried about being wrong. And we're worried that, oh, what if it doesn't come true? What if it doesn't happen? And so part of the lecture is actually covering all of this, where I talk about we, we have our skill, we organize our measurements, we deliver our information with compassion, and then we let it go. Because we have to surrender that, surrender our ego attachment to what is said. Not because we don't care, but because we have to get out of our own way as predictive astrologers. We're, we have to be just the vessel and allow the astrology to speak for itself along with the blending of our intuition, which is going to be part of it. But let the measurements speak for themselves and, and just let it flow. So did I answer your question? Wow, <laughs> so beautifully. Absolutely. And so how do you do that? in your own, not practice, but in your own life. Because of course, we as astrologers, we know our own charts. We know what's coming, right? We pay attention to transits to our own charts, that's for sure. And yet those transits can still have an element of surprise to them. And yet we're able to see that, okay, you know, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen here. And it's probably going to be related to, you know, like, for example, between you and me and the thousands of people watching this, a couple thousand people probably, um, <laughs> <laughs> like really, but basically, um, Uranus has been moving over my South node 
in the 11th house in Taurus, right? And yeah, I mean, it's been uh, in ways that surprised me at times, but yeah, it's been playing out in that very 11th house kind of way in terms of friendships and certain alliances that, you know, all of a sudden I realized, okay, yeah, that's not working. But then new people are showing up as well to help me to realize what chapters in the past are closed, but what could be ahead for me and what's happening right now. And it also is connecting to, you know, this is hopes and wishes, but it's also connecting with the masses. And that is going through a transformation as well. And so I look at that and I know that, okay, this transit was coming. I've been watching it coming for years. Soon as as soon as Uranus went into Taurus, I was like, oh boy, it's gonna hit my south node. It's gonna hit, and now here we are. It's on my south node. And so yeah, like that's for me, I'm sure you're going through and have gone through transits as well. How do you what do you do with it when you know that something big is coming? That's so funny because Uranus is conjunct my son right now. So I guess my son is on your south node. And and I and I understand. So it, it could be scary at first, right? Because you're thinking, oh no, I'm gonna lose all these friends and connections that I had an attachment to, but the Uranus transit is saying, let that go and liberate yourself from what is not serving your path that's going to help you do what you need to do for humanity, for, for your greater purpose. And so it comes, oh, this is, I'm actually going to quote uh, Chris Brennan to answer this question. We love I Chris just, Brennan, Chris Brennan over dad. at uh, Astrology Podcast, uh, The Astrology School, his incredible book on Hellenistic yeah. astrology. It's like a, like a, it's like one of those books that, you know, is going to be read for hundreds of years, if not more, it's like a classic. So shout out oh, to yeah. Chris Brennan. He's amazing. Oh, totally. And so I just, I'm taking my final exam now. So I have a lot of information fresh in my head, but, uh, he, um, he starts out his book talking about being a soldier of faith and he's quoting I, I believe it's Vadius Valens, but I don't have the book near me, so I can't be sure. So he's translating an ancient text, and, and he's encouraging all of us to be soldiers of fate and to accept our fate. And so that perspective has helped me a lot looking at difficult, scary transits for myself, for my kids, because it's that for me, it's harder when I see something difficult for my kids because you panic as a mother. You don't want to see somebody that you love going through hardship. But here's here's what I think is the way out to understand all of this. We have to be able to objectively view our life experiences almost like little mad scientists. And if we can take our self out of it and connect to our, our higher self, our highest vibration self, and just witness what we're going through and what we are meant to go through, instead of us saying all the time, why is this happening to me? We then ask, what is this trying to teach me? And that's the whole point of these transits and cycles and hardships that we go through. It is to help us evolve. And I think that's my biggest tip for that. Wow. Yes, it is there to help us evolve. That's been a big message, I think, uh, as of late 
for a lot of us, myself included as well. These difficult transits, they they make us grow. Uh, I was just talking to Linda Bird earlier today, who's also one of the speakers as part of the March 2023 speaker series at Synchronicity University uh, that Maria is part of as well. And she was saying that every transit is an expression, an invitation, an arrival of love. And that just blew my mind because, you know, we were talking about really difficult transits that people go through that, you know, I'm sure you've gone through, I've gone through as well. It's part of living a full life. If you've lived, chances are you've had difficult transits at times, but they do lead us towards love. They end up being the universe expressing love to us. And if we can glimpse that love, like prediction is so powerful when it is used to help us to glimpse how something could actually be loving. That reminds me of um, of that quote that, you know, where the cracks are, are where the light is let in. I'm, I'm totally not saying that quote right, but it's a beautiful inspirational quote about the the cracks in our life and how that's where the light comes in. So yes, that is where the light comes in. But you know, predictive astrology is not only about those crisis difficult cycles. Realize that in the span of a lifetime, you're going to get a handful of those years where it's extreme. I lost everything. My world collapsed. I had a health crisis. I, you know, whatever it is, financially, that's, that's a handful of years. And then you're going to have a nice handful of years of the most amazing, magical, supportive, beautiful things happening in your world to lift you up. And then the great majority of your years are going to be those in-between years where it's a mixed bag, where you got, okay, maybe one or two stressful cycles, and then you've got some opportunity cycles. And what that means is it's a year of steady growth, nothing too crazy, but steady growth. So that's another reason why I think, you know, people shouldn't fear predictive astrology so much because... It doesn't doom you to 50 straight years of misery by looking at your cycles. (laughs) At least I don't think so. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So how about this? I would love for people to come away with something like, could you share a technique or something that you use that maybe somebody right now can go to their chart and look at and and utilize predictive astrology in some way? Um, How about that? One of your favorite techniques in prediction. Oh, sure. Okay, I would love to. So, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna share two, because there are so many predictive techniques to use out there. And, and I want to encourage all of astrologers watching this and astrology students, ultimately, you have to find your own path and pick the techniques that work best for you that you really vibrate to. But in this, in this lecture, my perfect trifecta of predictive techniques that I use for every single consultation are a blending of transits, secondary progressions, and solar arc directions. So for me, that's my perfect trifecta. Now, are those the only predictive techniques I use? No, I will look at the solar return chart. Now I'm starting to integrate annual perfections and zodiacal releasing, but that's a totally different system. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm branching out, but you don't need and you shouldn't use seven different predictive techniques to make accurate predictions. Simplify. Okay, so my my greatest teacher of all time, Noel Toe, he is the teacher I credit with. Um, I've had other teachers teach me astrology, but he is the one who pulled the astrologer out of me. 
And his, his favorite quote was Albert Einstein, genius is knowing what's important. So he helped me learn how to streamline predictive analysis. And so that's, that's the first piece of advice. But my bet, my favorite and the predictive technique that I use as my moral compass for giving predictions and my accuracy compass for giving predictions is called the rule of three. This is really cool because it's, if you read a different astrology books, it's mentioned. It's mentioned in uh, Carol Rushman's book on predictive astrology. Celeste Teal talks about it in her books. Uh, Tracy Marks talks about it. There, there are so many astrologers that talk about this rule of three for accurate prediction. But I only recently, through taking Chris's course, learned that this rule of three actually is rooted in ancient astrology from thousands of years ago. So I'm, I'm going to illustrate that in the lecture. But the rule of three basically states that before you make any kind of major life prediction for somebody, you must see it repeated in the cycles at least three times. Seeing something one time is, well, maybe this will happen. So transiting Jupiter over your seventh house cusp, maybe you're going to have a, a new business connection or romantic commitment. Maybe. Okay. That looks sweet. That's one. Two is, okay, now we're cooking. This, this is looking likely. Okay. So now we also have secondary progressed moon crossing the seventh house cusp. Now it looks a little more interesting, a little more compelling. But if you're seeing the third cycle, and it could be a mix. It doesn't have to be all transits. It could be transits, progression, solar arc. So if you also have solar arc, Venus, conjuncture ascendant, at the same time you have those other two measurements, then the prediction is certain according to ancient astrology. And you can confidently make that prediction for your client. Now, I am... Um, I, I, I like to go a little above and beyond and when I, and I won't make a big prediction unless I see the minimum of three, but what you're going to find is that usually you end up seeing more if it is something as big as a marriage or a relocation or a big health crisis, you, you might see five or six, but they're going to be big trans, trans cycles. They're going to be big cycles. So the rule of three is something that I teach all of my astrology students who are at the level of prediction to, to really follow and live by. And that following that rule of three gives you more confidence. It checks you ethically so that you're not just saying what you think somebody wants to hear, right? You're really focusing on what's in the cycles. And, uh, and, and I think it's just my favorite tip for, for predictive techniques. I love it. I remember years ago taking a workshop with Michael Luton, the great Michael Luton, who's also taught at Synchronicity University. And he talked about the rule of three. Like I remember way back then he was saying, if something's going to happen, you got to see it validated at least three times. And I'll tell you, like one of the really big life events that happened to me was two years ago, just over two years ago, I ended a seven-year relationship. And so this was a really massive change for me in my life. And I remember like, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about all the things that were happening in my chart at the time that made me say, I'm done. Like I'm going in a different direction. So basically what had happened in my chart? Uranus opposition, Uranus square my son, Saturn conjunct my son, uh, solar arc Mars and progressed moon both moved into Leo. So all of these things with, and I have an Aquarius sun, 
all oh, of these huge. things happen. Yes, yes. All of this happened. So already we got three going just with Uranus, right? We got three go and Saturn. Mm-hmm. That's three. Then you add the layer of even more, like it's like the universe going, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, something's got to give. Mm-hmm. Something big is yeah, going to change. Exactly. I'll give you another example. Mm-hmm. Those who watch me regularly know that there is an artist that I absolutely love. And his name is Daddy Yankee. Okay. Daddy Yankee and I, our charts are, I know, right? Daddy Yankee's amazing. He's a a reggaeton (laughs) artist. I learned Spanish by listening to his music. I didn't realize it was, you know, kind of naughty at times. And sometimes I didn't realize what I was saying, but God, it was so much fun. And I love dancing to it. But anyway, so his chart and my chart are remarkably similar. And I remember like a year ago, he announced that he was retiring and I was devastated. I was like, no, no, Daddy Yankee, don't retire because I had watched him. I'd seen him in concert so many times. This is devastating to me. But anyways, I looked at his chart (laughs) and yeah, the rule of three, all of that was there. All of like the Uranus opposition, the Uranus square, his son, Saturn on his son. And I said, dude is done. This guy's done. He is really retiring. This is not some sort of promo thing. Dude is done. So it was, it was so, such a wonderful affirmation for exactly what you're saying. The rule of three, if it's going to happen, like you see something, you know, something's got to give, something's got to change for this person for sure. Yeah. And, and if, as sad as you are fangirling about this, it might've helped you accept it a little bit more to see the astrology. And, and what's also interesting is that the two examples you gave, the, the, um, the cycles were all squares, oppositions, conjunctions that were difficult. They were not pretty cycles. So of course, that's another thing when you're, when you're analyzing measurements, Right away, look at look for these themes. Am I staring at nothing but squares and oppositions and you know a difficult eclipse to the you know ruler of your chart or whatever, whatever it is, difficult cycles, or am I staring at amazing trines and sextiles with conjunctions with supportive aspects? Because that's gonna tell you, is this a golden year? Is this a crisis year? Or is there a blending? Well, then that's just a regular year. So so that's that's something else that I love to look at. You can see the themes and, and it's not that hard. So even if you feel like you're not very competent yet in all of the methods of prediction, in transits, in, in solar arcs, in progressions, if you look at a time search of measurements, your eye is just, you know, I, I always take my highlighter. I'm going to, I'm going to show you everything that I do in the lecture. So I take my highlighter and I highlight the, the measurements that are important. And you can just immediately feel for that person what is coming up thematically, energetically. Like, oh, is this going to be a crappy year? Is this going to be hard? Or are they good? So that's another thing. Oh, it's so incredible. Well, Maria, I'm really looking forward to your class. You got me like fangirling here, but also I know that (laughs) it is going to be something that is so useful to so many people. And this is just one technique that you've shared. The rule of three is just one, but there are so many ways in which to cultivate meaningful prediction and to really use astrology to understand that when things are going to change and how you might feel about it. But ultimately, I do think that whatever is happening in a chart can be part of you moving towards and experiencing more love, more wisdom, 
uh, more authenticity, all of that. So ultimately, yeah, all these predictive techniques lead us to that place. And yet it's very valuable to understand when a big transit or something's coming up and so many things are hitting a chart. Yeah, it's a very valuable technique to speak truth to the experience of your own chart or the experience of the client as well. That's really when we are at our best. I got permission from from three of my clients to use their experiences as examples. So I have this gamut of, I have a simple prediction, somebody who uh, I just told them when they were getting a job. And that's an everyday thing that most people need to know about. So I show you that. Then I have a big crisis prediction where I, I was consulting with a client who I saw had a very real possibility of significant financial ruin and heartbreak and problems with living situation. And, uh, and I go through that. Um, and that's, that's a good example because then I get to talk about, well, how did I talk to a client about things so hard like that? So we'll get into that. And then my last example is probably my most famous prediction, which I still can't believe I did this. But many years ago, I had a client and she came to me and I looked at her cycles and I saw very clearly she was about to have an absolutely golden year. I had predicted for her that she would meet and marry a foreign billionaire. And there are not many billionaires in the world. And that was a crazy thing. But this is a perfect example of let your ego go and try to just be true to the astrology. And I said that to her. And I didn't hear from her for a few years. And about five or six years later, she started consulting with me again. And she told me, by the way, you said to me five years ago, I would need to marry a foreign billionaire. Guess what? I did. So I'm allowed to use her chart, which I'm so excited about. And, and that's the other thing. I, I know this is getting long, but that's something else that I'm going to share with you is that uh, it all goes back to the natal promise. So that's actually the first thing that you have to do before you give someone predictions about anything is analyze the natal promise and what is possible for that person. Because for the woman that married the billionaire, that was possible in her chart. That's not possible in everybody's chart. For the, you know, the woman that had the complete financial ruin, that was possible in her chart. So it's analyzing the natal promise is really important because these cycles of prediction, what they're doing is they're waking up the natal promise at very specific time periods in our life for better or for worse. So that's something else that we'll talk about. I love it. I'm so looking forward to your class. Once again, everybody, Maria will be at Synchronicity University as part of the March 2023 speaker series. This is so exciting. You've got just a couple of weeks left to choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class, an unheard of rate to learn from this caliber of astrologer and others. Maria, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to work with you and just to have you share your brilliance. It's such a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nadia. I'm hugging you through the internet. I appreciate you so much. You are such a beautiful light in our astrological world and you really make the world a better place. So thank you. And I look forward to talking to all of your, your students. Thank you so much, Maria. Thank you for that. And thank you, everybody out there for watching. Until we connect again, take care. Bye.